Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. My name's Martha. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for being on this roller coaster ride with me. Um, I was thinking earlier today, if there's going to be COVID, at least I'm not in it alone. Um, I've been thinking about you guys a lot today, thinking about what I might say. And I, um, some of you I actually pictured and it's wonderful to see your faces. I, I really don't know what I'm gonna say. Hopefully, uh, it'll, be, it'll be true, and uh, that's one of the things I learned being in OA is honesty, particularly self-honesty. I also want to say that I don't speak for OA as a whole. That's a relief for me to know that. And, um, and also the principle of anonymity, that this is about principles and not personalities. My personality is pretty different than it was 33 years ago, 33 plus years ago. Um, and I'll, I'll say something about what it was like before so that I remind myself and so that you know that I qualify, that I belong here. Uh, as I said, I've been in OA 33 years. I got here at age 41 and um, I am so incredibly grateful that I found OA when I did. I um, I didn't know what I was getting into, of course. I came for two or three different reasons, um, two of them pretty superficial, um, and, um, and also because I was miserable. I was miserable and very, very unhappy with my life, with who I was, with, um, with my history, with my appearance. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my, my top weight was maybe between 50 and 60 pounds more than I weigh now. I, did not, I was not at that weight when I came into program. I, I was maybe 35 pounds more than I am now. Uh, I, I'm a I have a history of dieting and I started dieting when I was 11. So my weight went up and down 10 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds during that, those 30 years before I got to OA. Um, I, I often talk almost the whole time when I share about the physical aspects of the disease and Obviously, that's why a lot of us get here, um, that we're uh, physically sick and um, are weighed down by 
the compulsion and by the effects of the compulsion. But I also want to talk about the emotional and spiritual effects and the changes. This is this meeting is called the Miracle Meeting, and there have been incredible miracles, what I consider miracles in my life. One of them happened probably about five days ago, maybe a week ago. And again, this is 33 years in. I was just, I don't know what word to use, um, struck almost by this incredible wave of compassion for my mother, who's been dead quite a few years. And when I got here, my mother was still alive, and um, I blamed her for a lot of my unhappiness. And um, I was civil to her. I was too much of a good girl and a, and a sort of nicey-nice to not be superficially polite. And I sent her birthday cards and called her on holidays and so forth. But I really had a lot of bitterness inside toward this, this one woman. And um, in the process of working the steps, even the first time around, I did um, make amends to my mother. And I tried as best I could to make living amends to her to her but i what has happened in just the last few years is that my love for her has grown as my love for myself has grown and finally this this incredible sort of blossoming sense of forgiveness and compassion and I think she and I have shared a name. Her name was Martha also, and a lot of physical characteristics. And I think it's, it's a manifestation of the transformation that's happened inside me in regard to my feelings about myself. So I'm gonna take a little drink of water because I, I always get anxious speaking in front of people. and get a dry mouth. And I also, often when I do this, because I do it essentially every time I do a long share in OA, I'm reminded of the fact that when I got here, I didn't know when I was thirsty. I thought I was hungry. I thought essentially every feeling that I had was hunger. That's what I experienced. I experienced this sort of emptiness and kind of a gnawing feeling in, around my mouth, in my throat, and in the upper part of my chest. I felt pretty much hungry all day long and all night, all evening long, every day. And I fed that hunger with food. And um, when I was tired, I thought I was hungry. When I was upset if I was angry. I didn't know I was angry. I didn't think I was angry. I thought other people got angry. I didn't think I got angry. I got hungry. 
and I ate and I didn't feel those things. I didn't feel feelings I didn't want to feel or that I didn't know what to do with or that felt overwhelming. And um, so now I know when I'm tired, after all these years of coming to meetings and working the steps and listening to you guys and, and learning to listen to, to myself, listen to my body, and sometimes listen to a higher power, a, a power greater than myself. Often it, I hear it from you, but I also get hunches and inspirations and, and light bulbs um, that um, I do know when I'm, that I'm anxious. I don't feel hungry. I feel anxious. And that to me is a miracle. For 41 years, or probably 39 or 40, because who knows what went on the first year or two, but all that time, I thought I was hungry all day. And, uh, and now I don't. And that's one of the, one of the gifts. It's all, not always a great feeling, but um, it's a feeling, not uh, a manifestation of the addiction. And um, as I said, I was a chronic dieter as well as a compulsive overeater. And um, uh, body obsessed with body dysmorphia and uh, a lot of the angst that comes from having this disease. Uh, I often mention that, that I ate so fast and so unconsciously that I many times choked myself, you know, that I was just eating without really chewing and, uh, and sort of, um, you know, trying to quieten myself, trying to calm myself, trying to control things I couldn't control. And now I see that as abusive. I understand that the way that I fed myself was substance abuse, and it was also self-abuse, that I wasn't treating myself, I wasn't indulging myself, I was mistreating and malnourishing myself. And I'm really, really glad that I got here uh, when I did, because I don't think I would be as healthy at 74, I'll be 75 next month, that as I would be, um, as I am now, if I had, had never walked in the, into my first OA meeting. I just, I can't imagine. I don't know what my top weight would be. Uh, I, uh, the obesity epidemic started happening in the 80s and that's when I got here. I was an obese teenager, so I assume I would have been an obese adult. And um, I, I don't take any of this lightly and I don't take credit for it that I did what people, what other people said they were doing. Uh, I remember at my first meeting, the first speaker, or the first speaker that I heard uh, had lost 50 pounds and kept it off for years. And that got me my attention because I did want to lose weight when I came in. And the person at my second meeting had lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for years. And um, 
And so by then I was really a believer. I thought this works. The, some of it is really weird and I don't like the wording and I don't like this and I don't like that, but it works. And it worked for what I came here for. I, I have another a history of an, another serious addiction and that's one of the ones that can kill you really quick. And this one tends to kill us more gradually. And I bottomed out in that other, uh, with that other addiction. And I was, I was really afraid of dying. And the people that I talked to about getting into 12 step, because I knew several people who were in programs, um, um, also, a couple of them were in this program. And when I began to read and, and think and study and go to various kinds of meetings, I realized that this was my first addiction and my major addiction and one that I practiced every single day. And some days, almost every hour of every day. And it had been with me, um, you know, as I said, from at least age 11 when I started dieting, but well before that, when I, because I was compulsively eating well before that. I was also thinking, for, I mean, this is, these are kind of random thoughts, but about some of the things I drank when I was, you know, eight or 10, 12 years old. And I looked up the ingredients of this punch that my mother kept, you know, it was a pre-made commercial, punch that came in a can. And the first ingredient was water and the second ingredient was um, corn syrup. And uh, I drank that stuff by the gallons. And um, I didn't even, it, it, it just occurred to me a day or two ago. It's like, oh yeah, that was part of the compulsion and part of the addiction. And uh, the compulsion for me until I got here was was the thought of eating or drinking something, that experience that I thought was hunger, and the immediate seeking and indulging that uh, compulsion, that uh, impulse. And as many of us say, what I got by coming here and listening, again, listening to you, listening in meetings and working the steps, particularly the 11th step, was that I learned how to pause, that there is a space in between the thought of food or the sensation of, of uh, emotional hunger or spiritual hunger and the action of putting something in my mouth. And again, I don't, I don't take it for granted and I don't take it lightly. And in addition to being able to pause when the obsession is up, is the, the uh, impulse to pause when I don't know what to do. It's like, you know, somebody invites me to do something or somebody plans a vacation or uh, something happens in my to the people in my life, and I don't I don't know how to handle it. I don't, uh, you know, it's like, uh, ah, 
what am I supposed to do now? Somebody wants me to do something or somebody's coming toward me with something. And um, being able to pause and check in and ask for guidance is not anything I expected when I got here, that I would get a spiritual life, a spiritual community, and a spiritual practice. I had no idea. I mean, I guess I, I must have had a vague idea that there was something about God in the 12 steps, but I, I, I didn't know really what spirituality was, and I still don't, but I do feel differently. And a lot of my compulsion and obsession was driven by fear and anxiety. It's one of the things that I rejected in my mother. It's like hers showed and I damped mine down. And, um, but the, the, the eating was fueled by that. And so to be able to be calmed and soothed by seeing your faces or hearing those words that I've heard, literally read hundreds and hundreds of times, that I can sink down and um, even to the point of being able to feel myself breathe, not just feel that I'm thirsty or anxious or uh, tired, um, but that I inhabit a body. And there were so many years that I disliked and mistreated my body in, in various ways, in addition to overeating and um, being overweight, there was also the, the restricting and um, sort of semi-starvation and being underweight a time or two, not, not for long, uh, but I also had have that experience. And again, it's, it's, it makes me sad because of the mistreatment. If I, if I fed a child the way I fed myself or restricted the eating of a child the way I did uh, prior to coming to OA, you know, it would definitely be a combination of abuse and neglect. And um, I'm trying to think of, of other things that are, are radically different in, in this sort of miracle uh, realm. Um, my, my eating was, was not binge eating, it was grazing, it was just, you know, you eat a meal and then you eat between meals until time for the next meal. And then you eat some more in between and then you eat another meal and then you eat till you fall asleep. And, uh, or I did. And the fact that I've eaten three meals a day for the better part of 33 years, one day at a time with a whole lot of help, that I, I ate that way for 41 years, I got here at 41, that I ate that way for 41 years, and that the 33 years since I've been here, I've eaten three meals a day. 
one day at a time, almost every single one of those days. And I, I don't think people outside of these rooms would necessarily see that as miraculous, but I do. And I also was on a diet, either on a diet, going on a diet, or coming off of a diet every day for 30 years. And I'm not on a diet anymore. I'm on a food plan. I have a food plan. Um, but I'm not on a diet. And I don't weigh myself 5, 10, 15 times a day like I did in the 70s and 80s. Um, I also don't talk to myself the way I did. And I don't lie awake at night regretting half the things that happened the, during the day. I, I would lie awake two and three hours a night, almost every night, and a lot filled with regret, a lot of those hours. And uh, I wake up at night, but lots of nights I meditate. I am not a big time meditator. I don't do it you know, sitting in a certain position or for hours at a time. I couldn't do it at all when I got here. And in fact, it made me want to jump out of my skin just to sit still. I, it's funny, I was a couch potato, but I couldn't sit still. And I don't know, it was some combination of the, of the lethargy of the disease and the anxiety. And, um, but what I do when I can't sleep is um, I ha have this prayer that is sort of ritualized and I say it and it has like about five parts. And, um, and then I start to, to count breaths and uh, pretty soon I'm back to sleep. Um, and being a chronic insomniac, I consider that to be a miracle that I don't have insomnia anymore. And I don't, um, I'm not as passive aggressive as I used to be. I mean, there are a lot of things about my personality that are really different. And, um, there, I, um, the guilt and the shame are different. Oh, yes, I wanted to say, and I even wrote it down, I love food. I enjoy food now. I was so sort of guilt-ridden and shame-filled and, and disgusted or with myself or whatever that I didn't get pleasure out of food. Um, uh, the idea of it sometimes was pleasurable, but certainly afterwards was pretty awful. Um, and now I really, because I'm there, rather than being uh, drugged or spaced out or something, I actually can savor what I'm eating and enjoy it. And um, um, it's, it's something that I look forward to and participate in, and then it's over.
until the next time. And I consider that some sort of, of minor miracle as well. I feel as though I should say something about the fact that we're not with each other. Obviously, these are times like none of us has ever seen before. And uh, ours is a disease of isolation. I, even when I was living with other people, I was walled off and very separate and alienated. And something, the thing about being part of this community is I don't feel alienated in that way. And I don't need to escape from people and escape from reality the way that I used to. But these are, for me anyway, this, this is a, a worrisome time and a frightening time. And I think it's a miracle for me personally that I have not gotten into the food, that I haven't relapsed, that I haven't turned to something that's not gonna make me happy or, or soothe me, really, that's just gonna make me feel bad. But I kept thinking it would be different uh, for all those years. Uh, I think it's miraculous that, that we're here tonight with each other by, this, by some means that I don't understand uh, how it works in the same way that I don't really understand how recovery works other than um, giving oneself to it, my giving myself to, the, to being part of it and following the directions that I, and suggestions that I was told um, that that makes it possible to change in, in for the better in really surprising and wonderful ways. I said in the beginning that I was miserable and unhappy and even under these current circumstances, I, I feel happy sometimes. I tend to wake up happy in the morning, glad to be alive. I realized that I'm incredibly lucky that I live where I live and that I have my health and that I have plenty of food to eat, uh, healthy food, not crap food in some food desert uh, any, any place in the, on the earth. And, uh, and that, that gratitude that it feels, I was going to say pervasive. I, you know, I don't like everything that happens every day by any freaking means, but I do say thank you the, the moment that I w wake up in the morning. I didn't come here to a way liking hearing God in so many of the steps. Um, I, I had a you know, sort of knee-jerk reaction, don't force any religion on me, and don't, 
I'll cram things down my throat. Don't you cram anything, you know, certainly any kind of religion down my throat. And it's obviously not a religious program. It's a spiritual program. And, uh, but I do thank whatever the universe, mother nature, love, acceptance, reality, you guys, um, every day, first thing in the morning. And trust me, that is not the kind of attitude I had about life. I was lucky 33 years ago with the life I had, but I didn't know it and I didn't feel it. And, uh, you know, I've lost, I'm in my seventies. I've lost a lot of friends, very, very close friends, all kind of crap has happened in these years since I've been in OA. But uh, I don't take it personally. I don't blame myself. I don't blame other people for it. Uh, I don't blame um, somebody in the sky for it. Um, it's part of the deal. It's, you know, that's part of having a body. Uh, so I know you guys are going to ask me questions. How much, how much more time, Andrea, David, whoever's keeping time? Ella? Seven minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm looking forward to being asked questions because I'm sort of running out of steam here. Um, I did make some notes. Um, Some of them feel sort of silly, but uh, I remember putting sugar on vegetables. When I grew up, we um, fried everything. The meat was fried. The vegetables were deep fried. And um, there was a whole lot of white stuff. Trust me, lots of white stuff with gravy on top. And... Um, uh, but I remember also adding sugar to vegetables and stuff that was already very sweet. And I don't do that anymore. And it kind of, you know, it, they, the literature says we recoil from it as if for a, from a hot flame. It's like the idea is sort of disgusting to me now. And, and I like that. I'm, I'm glad that I know that 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 kind of sweetness is really phony and it's not what I'm looking for. Um, and it never was really satisfying in the way that um, feeling connected to myself, other people and the universe um, feels. And it's a really toxic, toxic substance. I'm very glad that with help a day at a time, I'm able to not mistreat myself with that substance. Um, I'm in a relationship now that I would have never believed uh, would happen. Um, I'm in a relationship that makes me happy and um, with somebody that I love and, it, and it's mutual. Um, I had a lot of very unhappy relationships and a lot of time 
without a partner and um it feels like a total gift to have somebody now um i think the steps are responsible for my being able to show up and be a, and to be in a relationship i you know i practice with you guys and with my sponsor and i also got a good bit of outside help and um i learn so much from my sponsees those are those are some of the most wonderful relationships that i've ever had the deep and genuine and real because we're real with each other and we tell our secrets and uh um it make it adds a dimension that to life that we can uh share each other's pain and triumphs and um and you know i sort of feel like a mother of a whole lot of children i do have one adult child uh but um but i'm not their mother thank god and they probably think so too and um but the depth of those relationships are very meaningful and with my own sponsor who's a little older than i am and i think a lot wiser and uh i think her happy marriage has helped me have happier relationships of all sorts and um hers happened in recovery as well so um i don't know that sort of seems seems like it it seems like enough uh until i hear what hear some of you say something and uh, hear what you have to ask and um just again thank you thank you for keeping me abstinent today just today and uh and present so thank you okay so martha we have a first question here how do you stay humble after all these years what do you do if pride or complacency come up good question um I think it in a in a sense the the downside of humble as far as not thinking um too too well of myself is pretty easy because um I do have a lot of insecurity still so um it's like I'm I I don't think or at least right now this is what comes to me that i don't feel like i uh, am inflated or have a big head or whatever i um but i do sometimes do go um have trouble feeling my value and my worth it's like 
yeah, I've been in OA 33 years and blah, 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 but this person's been in 40 years and, you know, whatever, those kind of compare and despair moments. Um, what I'm trying to do is work on being not above or below. And certainly in the past, there was so much low self-esteem that, um, that uh, I, I asked to be relieved of. And that's what I do with all the stuff that gets in my way. If, if I have the presence of mind to do it, it's like, oh, I am really jealous right this minute. Um, and um, to ask to learn from it and to, to not act out on it and to, and to let go of it. So I do actively ask to, to be relieved of those things that get in my way, that, that make me unhappy and miserable. Not sure I, uh, I'm not sure I got to all the different parts of that, but but I really like the concept of humility. And then again, this is after years and years and years and years of not liking a whole lot of this stuff. It's like gag me, you know, when I first got in here with some of the verbiage. But when I think of the concept of humility as being, you know, sort of about being human and about being part of the human family and being equal, not better than anybody else, but also not a piece of poop either, that uh, I'm uh, equal and worthy. So, um, and I appreciate having learned about humility here. Okay, so your next question is, have you needed to adapt your food to changes in your body? If so, how have you dealt with adapting your food plan? Again, a very, very good question. Um, I, as I said, my, my food plan, I didn't spell it out, but my food plan from the beginning was three meals a day and no sugar. And um, probably about, I don't know, maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, I'm not certain of the timing, but I got put on a medication that's taken once every 24 hours with food. And um, I ended up for the first time in my uh, away career having a planned snack in order to have this, the, the dose be you know, 24 hours from the last dose. Gradually, I moved the the dose so that it coincides with the meal time, and I don't have to do that. I don't. I don't have those snacks anymore. But it, I it, you know, I needed to do it because of the medicine and because of the time. The and when I first started taking it, the timing of it. Um, and being older, my metabolism is different, and um. But I, I don't know that, you know, I do eat less than I did when I was in my early 40s or whatever. But um, the, 
the makeup of the food as far as how much protein, how much carb, that sort of stuff is, is pretty much the same, the, the proportions. So um, I, think, I think that's it. I mean, obviously I've, I've gone through some illnesses where I was in the hospital some years ago for surgery and um, but you know it it didn't seem I was able to 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 uh, work my food plan around the the you know having to be have nothing by mouth for a certain number of hours and then begin to eat again slowly so and and I don't again I don't do that stuff lightly and I don't Sometimes I figure it out myself, but I often get input. And when I started needing those snacks with my medicine, I definitely told people about, about that, my sponsor and other people in OA, because it was so new and so different. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to F it up. You know, it's like, this has been working for a long damn time. I don't want to mess it up. Um, but it's been fine. And now it's, it's back like it was before. Okay, the next question is, what are a few of the most important elements that help you get to a place where you could be in a loving relationship? I love these questions. I'm so glad for them. Um, forgive me if you've heard me say this before because I, I have talked about it before. When I got into this relationship, and it's fairly new, it's just been a little over three years. Um, I guess going on four, but anyway, um, the the person is four and a half, almost five years younger than I am, and a lifelong athlete, and um, was always on the skinny side, and I mean, so you could, I mean, maybe you can tell that that was sort of a nightmare waiting to happen. It's like I could have gone back into my body obsession every bit as obsessive as I was at 15 of, oh, I'm too old and yada, 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 this sags and that has dimples and, you know, whatever. Um, I knew that I couldn't, that it, I, I, I made up my mind that, um, or whatever, I, I was afraid that I would wake up every day hating myself or finding fault with myself the way I did prior to OA. And so I sat in my, a, a very comfortable chair of my living room every morning and I asked to be, be able to feel my love for myself. I asked my higher power, the higher power of my limited understanding to help me feel its love, feel the love of the universe, and to feel my own love for myself. And I sat there day after day after day, not a long time, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, certainly not even as long as a half an hour, but I, but I did it every day over and over and over again, because I didn't want to have the compulsion activated. 
I knew that misery and I didn't want it. And I was willing to not be in the relationship if that's what it was going to be like, if I couldn't avoid torturing myself and finding fault with myself. So I asked to be relieved of self-obsession and uh, self-criticism and to feel my own love and acceptance of myself and of my body. And um, it worked. Next question is, do you still work the steps with your sponsor? Do you work the steps with sponsees? I, um, I'll do the second part first. I certainly do. I, um, right now I have four sponsees and two are coming back through the steps again with me. I've done all 12 with, with two of them and uh, and we're going back through again very slowly. One of them has worked the steps many times before, uh, but she, she's going through them the second time with me. And I feel as though I'm going through them with her. I mean, I, again, I learned so much from my sponsees. Um, the other two I am in regular contact with, and we talk a program, we read literature together, we... Uh, every time we talk, we talk about what we're turning over. And so we're, we're working the third step and we work the, the maintenance steps together, certainly step 10. Um, so that's what I'm doing with sponsees right now, right. You know, like this week. Um, and I have done the steps with several different sponsors quite a few different times, sometimes going back through um, uh, with the same person more than once. And um, I do do my sort of a combination of the third step as a 10th step with my sponsor regularly. Um, and I, you know, I talk about my life to her and I talk about my relationship and I talk about my relationship to my higher power and uh, what I'm turning over and what I'm grateful for. Some of the, the best times through the steps have been in, in groups of, um, you know, getting together with three people or 10 people and everybody going through you know, working the same step at the same time and writing together and reading together. And uh, I did that again with a group last year. And um, um, I'll probably do it again sometime in the future. That, uh, there's something about having a whole bunch of people on the same step. And several times when I've done it, it's been just for a month with each step that, you know, if it's June, you're on the sixth step and you know what step you're on because you and all your buddies are on the same step. And um, um, so, yeah, I, 
I work the steps with the maintenance steps with my own sponsor and and uh, when that stuff came up about my mother recently I had the thought that I would that I would at least do four and five again about my son and about my mother um just to see how different things are and um and I'll do it I'll do those with my sponsor It looks like that was your last question uh, that we have time for. Thank you so much, Martha. Thank you.